1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And the air and air, the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. And he ran unto Eli and said, here I am. For thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and laid down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he called thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel. Samuel, then Samuel answered, speak for thy servant heareth. Amen. 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 Speak, Lord. Thy servant heareth. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father God, we, we need to hear you. We need servants. We need service in your house. We need service in your church. We need service in your cities. Father God, we got too many chiefs. Not enough service, Father God. We need some folks to go into the prisons. We need some folks to go into the hospitals. We need some folks to go into the nursing homes. We need some folks to go into the highways and byways and compel folks. And give them the great, great commission. Father God, we just say thank you for 
your servants all over this country, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. And, and interesting, and, and, and I, I was just looking, not like last week, I went through Romans chapter 5 and I went verse by verse through Romans chapter 5. I, I, I looked at Samuel here and one of the things that caught my attention, because I think about our country, I, thought, I think about some of the things we're dealing with now and, and, and we live in crazy times. These are really difficult times and and you know, I always say this, judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. And I believe that God is, some people may think when God comes back, he's going straight to the White House. Some people may think God coming back, he's going straight to the Congress and the Senate. No, no, no. Based on God's word. That's all I have. I I don't have a lot of conversation about anything else, but based on God's word, he says the first place he's coming to when he returns is the church, is the house of the Lord where the word of God must be preached. I believe that. Samuel here in verse number one, and as far as I'll probably go with this, I want to talk about the marks of a, of a good and godly servant. It says, the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Now, here's the part that got my attention. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. Let me tell you something. If you're in a place today where you are hearing the word of God, where whatever you're hearing is lining up with scripture, you're in a precious place. Because the word of God in Samuel's day was precious. The word of God in the day we live in today is precious. And there was no open vision. God was not speaking. God was not speaking. So when he showed up to Eli, now we know some history of Eli. Eli wasn't a good priest. Okay. He had some bad boys. Okay, we talk about Hunter Biden. No, no. Eli's kids was, was bad. They was doing business in the church that shouldn't be done. And God had called Ichabod on Eli and his family. Ichabod means the glory of the Lord has departed. What are the marks of a godly servant? Eli was one. We, we know that Eli had a, had a wonderful childhood. Who was Eli? Who, excuse me. Who was Samuel's mother? Hannah. Hannah loved Samuel. Hannah loved the Lord. It, it's, I'm going to tell you something. It's special when you got parents that love the Lord. It's special. Hannah loved the Lord. She loved the Lord so much. She went to the Lord and said, give me a child. I'll give him back to you. Amen. You give me a child, I'll give him back to you. And God gave her a child in the person of Samuel. She gave Samuel to the Lord and he ministered in the temple. Samuel was courageous. Servants ought to be courageous. I, 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 think, I, think, I think a lot of, of God's servants fall under peer pressure, under prayer pressure. We, do, we don't want to be strong. We don't want that. That, that, that condemnation that comes from the world. We don't want that heat for standing on the song, the promises of God. Remember Samuel? 
God had told Saul, King Saul, said, Saul, kill everything. Kill everything. Okay? And then Samuel came and visited Saul. And what did he do? What happened? We, Samuel heard some noise in the background. Here are some sheep, some sheep, uh, bye, bye, bye. And Samuel said in Samuel 13, 13, Samuel said to Saul, thou has done foolishly. Thou has not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. God, God, God's man's courageous man. Samuel was a man of prayer. All these, all these good, all these attributes ought to cover us too as, as men and women of God. We ought to be courageous. We ought to be men and women of prayer. He was, he was an inspired prophet. What's that mean? He was an inspired prophet. That man, that man, his words, his words had meaning to him. His words had substance to him. Know what they said about Samuel? Know what the word of God said about Samuel in Samuel, verse Samuel 3, 19? Watch this. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, watch this, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. There's, there's a whole lot of preachers doing a whole lot of preaching. Words just falling to the ground. Falling to the ground. No, it ain't saying, they ain't saying nothing. Amen. Somebody, somebody used to say back in the day, talking loud and saying nothing. Okay? See, God's word. When God's word is preached, and it, the words ain't falling to the ground, okay? And, and, and you may not hear them, but they're not falling to the ground just because you're not hearing them. Amen. Okay? So a servant must be humble about that. Modest. Humble, in other words, unassuming. Pretty simple. See, some, somebody said one thing, I can't see the Lord because all I see is you. You ever heard that? We, we don't have a lot of modesty in the church anymore. We don't have a lot of modesty in the church anymore. You know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of church now has become flash. Okay? So a lot of preachers believe, you know, and I, I, if I ain't driving a kitted out, blacked out Range Rover... Imagine that servant driving a Range Rover. <laughs> Some people say, well, you know, it's just a car. No, no. It's, it's an appearance sometimes. Sometimes it's an appearance. Sometimes you go to some people's churches, some churches, they'll say, you can, you'll always be able to tell who the pastor is by the car in the parking lot because it's going to be the flashiest one, <laughs> the most expensive one. Modest. Simple, respectful, meek, not arrogant, not egotistical, not big-headed. Let me give you a scripture. Marion said, put a scripture on it all, Pastor. Let me taste. Let me give you a scripture. Here's first Peter 5 5. Because we, we gotta be humble. Watch this verse. He says, likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, 
All of you be subject to one another. Here's the part. And be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. How about that? Why is that important? Because we're servants. And we ought to be clothed with humility. What, what's, when I talk about humility, we want to be clothed with humbleness. We want to be clothed with the love of God. We want to be clothed with joy. We want to be clothed with mercy and grace. All those, all those things we ought to be clothed with. You ought, you, ought not, you ought not think of Christians ever being proud. <laughs> proud. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm proud to be a Christian. I thank God I'm a Christian. Okay? Let me finish that verse. For God, what? Resisted the proud. Amen. How about that? You ever, you ever talk to somebody and they'll tell you, I can't catch a break. I can't catch a break. I can't catch a break. You know what? Maybe... Maybe God is resistant to you. How about that? Maybe, maybe, maybe you need to change your spiritual wardrobe. Amen. Put some humility on because that's what the word of God says. You need a break. Somebody, I need some grace. I need some mercy. I need some grace from God. I need a break. I know I'm talking to somebody. It says this. God resists the proud. So, so if God is resisting me, he's not hearing my prayers. I can't catch a break. I'm, I'm just in, in one mess after another. Okay? I'm just going through. Here's what the rest of that verse says. He giveth grace to the humble. He, giveth, he, he gives grace to, to the humble, to the simple, to the respectful. Humble, the, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That's a good verse. That's a good verse for the times we live in, because all of us in here, we know folks going through. I'm going through. I'm catching hell. I'm having a break. You know, this life is rough. This life is miserable. Life is trouble. I can't keep up. How you and God getting along? How you and God getting along? I don't want to hear that God stuff. I don't want to hear no Bible stuff. I, I, see? And think about this. Think about this. How many folks you know that love the Lord that's going through. Now I can stand on it with the word of God. Because David said, I've been young. And now I'm old. David said, I've been all over the world. I've been all in every country in the world. I've been, I've met kings and queens and emperors from all over the world. When I was young, now I'm old. But he said, I've seen a lot. Amen. He said, I've seen a lot. But one thing I've never seen. Coming from the greatest king of Israel, one of God's greatest prophets. David said, I've seen a whole lot in my days. 
Here's one thing I've never seen. I've never seen a righteous forsaken. Oh, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. That, that, ought to, that ought to say, you know what? I need to get right with God. Maybe I need to get right with God. Okay? That's just... Let me tell you, James put it like this. James puts it like this. He said, but he giveth more grace. How many here need some more grace? Amen. Grace is favor. How many need some more grace? He said, he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he said, God resist the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. See, God's not going to give you his grace for you to flash it. He's not going to give you his grace for you to flaunt it. Okay, I always think about this. I see, I see, I, I hear these, these these servants, servants, always looking to go on a vacation, always want to go on a cruise. I mean, just just want to live the good life. Servants don't. Servants. I'm just. I just want to tell you, servants don't. I was asking. I was asking somebody. You know, I say, you know, every time they move, they say, "Well, pastor don't go nowhere. He don't take no vacation." I, I, I'm a servant. Amen. Amen. I, I, I know I talk to people, they go to church, they don't know who preaching. They don't know who preaching. They got a different preacher every week. Pastor Fisher, Pastor Golfing, Pastor at a conference, Pastor here. No, God said, this is your church. You serve this church. Amen. Can't serve you guys. I'm out of town. I, I, I enjoy golfing. I, you know, I enjoy golfing. I used to dress like Tiger Woods. I wore red on Sundays. And God said, you're a servant. Well, my Tiger Wood days was over. I enjoy going fishing too. We got fishing poles. How'd y'all like it? I said, well, Pastor, going fishing this Sunday. Deacon Jeremy going to be preaching for the next couple of Sundays because I'm going fishing. Y'all get it? Uh, let me get you a verse. Now that's, here's, here's Paul. No, here's Job. Here's Job. Here's Job. 29, 14. Here's Job. Watch what Job says. I just want y'all to have something to rest your hat on. Job says, put on righteousness and it clothed me. He says, my judgment, this is Job. He said, my judgment was a robe and a diadem. What, Job, what is Job saying? Job, what Job's saying is, every day he woke up, he put on righteousness. And when he went out into the world, when he out, went out and dealt with people, and Job was a judge. They knew him all over that land. And what did they know Job as? A righteous man. He put himself, he clothed himself in righteousness. The man of, man of God, the woman of God, people ought to be able to come to us. And no matter what the question they come to us with, we ought to be able to give them a righteous response based on our relationship with God. Okay? Not, not based on anything else. Folks ain't coming to the man of God or the woman of God to hear what Oprah going to say. Or Dr. Phil or what and whatever the teacher. Now I don't need to hear from God. 
I need to hear an answer coming from the Lord. I need to hear something, something that's not coming from man. Amen. Okay. Paul, 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 writing to the Colossian church, saying, saying issues, saying issues. This is this is not new to the church. We've always had issues with humbleness and humility. Well, it wouldn't be so, talked about so many times in the Word of God. Colossians three twelve. Watch this. Paul right to the Colossians. He said, Colossians, Colossian Baptist Church, he said this. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. How about that? That's a command, ain't it? We're talking about all the commands in the Bible. That's a command. We're not, we, we can't say we are elect of God and just carry ourselves any kind of way. Amen. We just can't. And nobody want to, nobody, nobody like talking about that because, ah, that's, you know, Pastor, you don't want to be getting in people's business. No, there's a way that God commands his people to live mm-hmm. if we represent them. I, I always tell people, if, you, if a company, a major company hire you, they ain't want you coming in there with your face all tattooed up, nose rings, earrings, all that. You representing Allstate or IBM, you come in there talking about an interview. <laughs> now, if IBM and, and they don't want you looking crazy, how you going to come in and represent God looking crazy? Amen. So he said, here's how you ought to look. And there's a look to it. Let me tell you all something. There's a look to it. Somebody look at you and tell you've been with God. Don't think you can walk around here. People don't know. You all look like God. Here's how I do it. Colossians 3.12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. How about that? Put that on. Put some mercy on. Okay? It's like you put the rouge on. Put some mercy on. Okay? Then don't walk out here, I'm going to be merciful. Put some kindness on. Put some humbleness of mind on. What a humbleness of mind? That's interesting. Humbleness of mind. Okay? You ever run into folks know everything? It don't matter what the subject is. They know everything. Okay? No humbleness of mind. You bring it up, they've been there, done that. Okay? You tell them you did it one time, they did it two times. Okay? Say, folks, say, we're not supposed to act like that. We all have some meekness. So put on some meekness. Okay? You, ain't, you, you, you don't have to flex all the time. I, I go to the gym. I go to the gym, and I'm like, dude, you fle- he flexing. All- I mean, I, I don't wear tank tops and stuff to the gym. There's some guys, it don't matter. It don't matter. It could be 40 below zero. They in the gym, they come to the parking lot with a tank top on. <laughs> they flexing all the time. Okay? Listen, put on meekness. And then Paul puts this last one on. Put on some patience. Put on long suffering. Okay? Now you can't put these on yourself. Alright? You gotta say, God, I need all that. I need some meekness. I need some, some grace. I need some kindness. I need some mercy. I need some love. Because we live in a world, it's supposed to be hard to love. 
Everybody ain't easy to love. City, don't say amen. <laughs> all these, all these, what, what, what Paul is saying, all these are the traits of the Lord. We ought to want everything the Lord has. Okay? We ought to. We ought to want to, we ought to want to, we ought to want to be humble. The Lord was humble. Let me, let me show you a scripture with you about the Lord. Okay? It says to the Lord, the Lord's talking here. He said, you call me teacher and Lord. John 13, 13. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. For I am so. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Now, y'all remember this story? Y'all remember this story? Nobody was moving. Wasn't nobody trying to wash nobody's feet. And then Jesus knew that. Somebody was supposed to wash the feet. It was only the 12 or the 13 of them in that room that day. And somebody was supposed to wash feet because they had told the foot washer, you, don't, you can't come to this meeting. It's too important. They didn't even want the foot washer there. So somebody in that group of 12 apostles should have said, you know what? I'm going to wash feet. Nobody did. And know what Jesus did? He washed their stinky feet. Okay. So he says this. For I have given you an example about that. That you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say unto you. Here we go. A servant is not greater than his master. About that. Now that now, now that's now, now that's not you know some some churches take that all the way they take that all the way you know like well you gotta wash feet you know have a foot washing service I'm not proposing that okay I'm just saying out of humility we ought to be able to do that I see that today with Vernon he says you know what I'm not feeling good and my back hurt my heart hurt my shoulder hurt I'm gonna get Rita walk her down these steps. Put her in this car and bring her to church. How about that? How about that? Amen. Humble. Here's one we know. It was all in my sermon in Sunday school. I, I don't. I don't mind, but that's that's okay. I, that, that's what they do. That's what they do. Especially Claire, but that's okay. Second Corinthians seven fourteen. Watch this. If my people, who's that? That be us. Everybody in here, God's people. Yeah. I, 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 everybody in here, God's people. So, so you know, you know, you'll get the naysayer. They say, well, you know, he was talking in the Old Testament. He was talking. He was talking to the people in the Old Testament. And all Scripture is given for what? All Scripture is given. For inspiration and doctrine and teaching. So I just wipe that away. If my people, which are called by my name, I mean, we call, what do we call? God's people. Okay? Shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face 
and turn from their wicked ways. Wait a minute, he's talking to God's people. You mean some of us in here got some wicked ways? Some of us in here need to turn. I hear people all the time, everybody praying, nobody repenting. Nobody turning. God is saying we need to repent. Repent from what, pastor? Our wicked ways. What's a wicked way? See, somebody will take you all the way down. They'll take you all the way down. But what's a wicked way? All right. Not studying the word of God. You're not praising God. You're not worshiping God. You got some other gods ahead of you. That's something I call that idolatry. You got some other things that you love to do more than worshiping God. That's what he mean by turn. Then when you turn, then will I hear from heaven. Okay. People say, well, there's a, there's a revival going on down in Kentucky. Let me tell y'all something. When the governor of Kentucky and the mayor of, of, of that little city and all the police and the Congress and the Senate and the Supreme Court and the school systems and all the media start praising and worshiping God, then you know a revival going on. Amen. Okay? Okay? That, a revival going to touch the places that going to make a real impact. And when they start talking about Jesus on TV, okay, when they start talking about Jesus in the White House, in the Senate, nobody, nobody talking about Jesus. Nobody talking about Jesus. Revival come, everybody going to be talking about Jesus. Everybody going to be talking about Jesus. They're going to be the sweet Jesus. The sweet Jesus. Listen. Listen. A servant. I'm not going to get through all these. A servant is prepared. How about that? Prepared for what? A servant is prepared for a lot of things. One thing a servant is prepared for, to go home, to be with the Lord. We need to stop right there. A, a servant is prepared to go home and meet the Lord. But while we here, okay, while we here, a servant is called to preach the word. Some of y'all say, well, I'm not a preacher. That, that doesn't matter. That's not, what it, that's not what the text is saying. All of us are preachers. A servant is just a servant. A minister is, is, a, is really the definition of a servant. I'm up here as a servant. You sitting there as a servant. Okay? That's all we are. All of us are servants. So when Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, this applies to all of us, not just me. See, I think sometimes y'all think that all this stuff just applies to the preacher. If I can't, if you think there's something that I can't do, you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> if there's a place you don't want to see me, you shouldn't be going. I, I think that's I think that's fair. Okay. If you don't if you don't want to see your pastor out on the club breaking it down. <laughs> You ought not be at the club breaking it down. I mean, this is just pretty simple. Because we all, like, like Sly in the family's home, so we are family. <laughs> so if I show up, you shouldn't be saying, what you doing here? <laughs> that only makes sense to me. 
I'm going to say, what you doing here? Then, I'm, then you know, I might say, don't tell the deacons we're here. <laughs> How about that? Here's Paul in 2 Timothy 4. Y'all know this stuff. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearance. Servant ought to be prepared. Preach the word. Be instant. Now you can't be instant. You ain't got no word on you. We had we had Bible study. We had Bible study on Wednesday. We had a couple of visitors come in. And in the one in the one the one guy the one guy he says he says y'all celebrate Easter. Jesus, Jesus didn't rise on Easter. Now, now, see, I had to be ready. Now, I, I you know, digging Jeremy, dig, Jeremy be, he be looking at me, digging Jeremy, uh, Bible study. He be like, oh, how you going to respond to that? And I know he be checking me. I said, listen, brother, listen, brother. I don't know when he rose. But this thing I do know, Amen. he rose. Okay? I don't know when he rose. I wasn't there when he rose. But I know the word of God says on, on the third day. He rose. The same guy said, well, well y'all, y'all celebrate Christmas. No, that's, I don't celebrate Christmas. Okay. I love Christmas. I love some Christmas candy. I love, I love everything about Christmas. I'm not celebrating Christmas. Amen. I'm celebrating the birth of the Savior of the world. Well, he wasn't born on Christmas. Listen, here we go again. I don't know when he was born. <laughs> But I know he was born of a virgin. Now we can celebrate Vernon's birthday on the 12th. And, and, and truth be told, Vernon's Vernon birthday is not today. Vernon's birthday was nine months ago when he was conceived. So how did that See, we weren't born in March, Vernon. We was born how many nine months ago? How many months would that be? Let's see. We born probably back like. <laughs> All right. Happy birthday, <laughs> Jake. Jake, stop me. Listen, listen. Watch this. Here we are, right here, verse three. I'm gonna close. Second Timothy four three. It's here already. Y'all know it's here already, right? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. What's that mean? They don't want to hear the Bible no more. They don't want to hear the Bible. They want to hear. They want to hear stories and 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 motivational speaking and all that kind of stuff. They don't want to hear the Bible no more. I, I hear people. Ah, man, I don't want to hear the Bible. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Let me tell you something. When all hell break out in your life, and it will, okay, it's coming. You're going to need some sound doctrine to stand on, okay? When, you know, when I, when I work as a, as a hospice chaplain, when I, when I deal with folks that are dying, you know, you know what they want to hear? Amazing grace. They want to hear the old rugged cross. They want to hear blessed assurance. I have not had a client tell me they want to hear shackles on my feet. 
yet. I come in the room, shackles on my feet so I can dance. I just want to praise you. They ain't trying to hear that. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. That's what they want to hear. Amazing grace. They want some get ready to go home music. Oh, man. Oh, we didn't go down the list. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Listen, as I close, honestly, honestly. I'll finish some of this later. But let me say this. Let me say this. And I try, I, I try not to prepare so much, but I have so much. But let me say this. Backtracking. Okay, here we go. Still talking about being ready. Still talking about being ready. In Luke chapter 12, verse 35, this is it. Oh, this is it. Man, that ain't it. It ain't it. I'm sorry. It ain't it. Christine laughed at me. She said, you, know, you ain't fooling me. <laughs> listen, listen. A servant is not only ready but a servant stays ready. Okay? A servant is unmovable. A servant is always doing God's work. Somebody asked me the other day, what do you do? Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he says this about servanthood. He says, therefore, my beloved brethren, Paul knew we do thankless work. He said, be ye steadfast. Steadfast mean what? Steady. Always on point. Be ye steadfast. Here we go. Unmovable. What are you talking about? Life coming at you. Stuff happening in your world. Stuff happening in your life. Stuff happening in your surroundings. Stuff happening in your family. But nothing that, nothing should happen that should move you from your faith in God. How about that? Be steadfast, unmovable. If you're here today, and you could think of something that could happen in your life that could move you from following the Lord, then you need to ask God to strengthen my faith. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Last verse. Oh my goodness, I'm getting in trouble, huh? In Luke... 1235. This is, this is a fascinating verse. 
The word of God is fascinating to me. In Luke 12, 35, I'm talking about service being ready. And I promise this is the last verse. Jesus is writing here. He says, he said, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Okay? You know, your, your loins in, in, in those biblical days, they wore robes. They wore long robes. So when you was getting ready for a challenge, when you was getting ready to travel, and you was getting ready to battle, you see people still today, they are, they are pulling pants up and buckle up a little tighter. Okay? He said, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Okay? Lights burning, lights burning means your light ought to be shining all the time. Okay? And you can tell when somebody's shining all the time. I remember back when I first met Jake, and, 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 and we listened to some, some Christian rap, not hip-hop. Big difference. There was a song by an artist called Flame. You remember this? And he said, people always wonder why I'm shining all the time. Shining all the time. Shining all the time. That's how the song, that's how, how the song went. And you know what he said then? He said, I'm shining all the time because I got that word in me. He said, I got the word in me, so I'm shining all the time. And that's what, that's what, that's what the writer here is saying. Keep your light burning. Keep that word in you. So when them challenges come, when that heat come, when that darkness come, shining. Be shining. And then when we in a dark place, when the unsaved people they see us, they say, hey, that boy's shining. Amen. That girl's shining. And not because you got you something you wearing. It's that spiritual glow that that word, having that word in you do. Okay? I said here I said this morning in class, and, and just we just brought up one little subject. And everybody in the class was just heated up. I mean, it got everybody got excited about it. Because it just did something to us. And then he says this in verse 36. And he says, and you yourself like unto men that wait for the Lord. And when he will return, this is talking about the, the ready servant. When he returned from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Know what he's talking about. He's talking about servants. And in those days, they didn't have street lights. They didn't have headlights on there, whatever, however they traveled on their donkeys. They traveled at night when they came home. And it was the service responsibility to have a light on so the, their master would know where to come. Okay? And, and, and when he cometh and he knocketh, they may open to him immediately. Now, what's the rendering? When the Lord come. When the Lord, we don't know when he coming. But we know one thing. He coming. I like to say, every time someone pass away, the Lord has came. Okay? Every time someone lose, pass away, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Okay? So, 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 so Jesus is saying to these servants that are ready, he calls them blessed. He said, blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find Wait, watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself, the Lord, 
and make them to sit down to me and will come forth and serve them. All our serving down here, all, all our serving down here ain't going to get rewarded. See, some people are always looking for a reward. I mean, the pastor's always looking for the next church. Pay $100 more a month, they leave. Okay? Listen, if you're thinking you're going to get paid down here for doing the Lord's work, you're dead wrong. We got a greater reward. And when we get to heaven, the Lord going to serve us. Amen. That's interesting. Is that going to get you in the mood to want to serve? I'm closing. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, watch this, find them so, find them ready, blessed are those servants. How about that? Blessed are those servants. I, I, you know, I say this all the time. I say it enough that I've heard you guys repeat it. That's the job of the preacher. Get you ready to meet the Lord. That's it. You, it's, it's, it's all, that's all we do. We get you ready to meet the Lord. So when your day comes to lay up here, I ain't got to be up here lying. I ain't got to be up here making up stuff. I ain't got to beg folks to fry you chicken. Someone who going to make the greens? I ain't making them the greens. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Got to be ready. Somebody used to sing a song here. I want to be ready when the Lord comes. That's a, that's a wonderful song.